Welcome to Airwaves, the official podcast of the Naval Air Systems Command. I'm your host, Michael Lauren Prue. Today, we're honored to have a very special guest joining us, pro football player, Heisman Trophy winner, successful business owner, author, and mental health advocate, Mr. Herschel Walker. Herschel, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me on. Hey, God bless you and your family. Herschel, you've made it your mission to visit military installations across the country. In fact, you recently visited NAS Patuxent River to share your personal story about overcoming adversity, to share your struggles with mental health. And as part of that, you talk about how we need to change the conversation and reduce the stigma surrounding mental health. I was lucky enough to hear you speak at NAS Patuxent River and really felt like this was a message that we needed to share with the entire podcast audience. So let's do that. Let's begin with your personal story and what led to your struggles with mental health. Well, you know, as a little kid growing up in South Georgia, I was overweight and uh, I had a speech impediment and I didn't, I didn't like myself. You know, I was being uh, picked on by kids in, in class. I was being bullied. Well, for about four years of my life, I never spoke in a classroom. You know, four years of my life, kids didn't even know I can speak. And, you know, I stayed inside, wouldn't go outside because kids would harass me when I went out. And so I just never, I just was quiet. I just never said anything, but like to myself. All of a sudden, one day in the the eighth grade, the last day of school, I remember trying to go outside for the first time in my life uh, for recess. And I got outside and this kid beat me up. And it's funny, the kids were laughing because, you know, it's funny, a fat kid getting beat up. And, you know, I was crying. I was crying and stuff. And I remember going home on the school bus and kids thought it was still funny. I got home and as I was sitting down watching television, I don't know why, but this, this voice or something came to me and just told me to quit crying, quit feeling sorry for yourself. And that's the day of my life. I started working out. I started doing hundreds and thousands of push-ups and sit-ups and stuff and started going to the library, getting books on my own for that summer, just reading to myself, trying to build confidence, trying to feel good about myself. And all of a sudden, this light bulb came on. My life totally changed. Going from one summer to the worst kid in in the classroom to the worst athlete on an athletic field to almost being one of the best uh, kids in the classroom academically to one of the best athletes in the state of Georgia. It was like this switch flip. Well, I went on through my life like that through college and, you know, the pros and all everything like that. And then all of a sudden I was getting out of pro football, something just changed. I was married, getting ready to have my first little boy. I was so excited. And and all of a sudden I just just was not settled. I was sort of like it was not settled. Something wasn't right. I, you know, if I, I had no patience with people. My It was just totally different, which wasn't me. But what was so strange about it, my ex-wife at the time was telling me about it and I never heard it. I didn't hear anything she was saying. She said she talked to me a lot and I just never heard it. It's like I wasn't there. But as I started looking more into it and went to see a doctor and went to my pastor, Pastor Tony Evans and the doctor, Jerry Magaza, Jerry diagnosed me as having something they call DID, dissociative identity disorder. Then I was like, oh, I'm not not mentally unhealthy. Because, you know, you assume, you know, a person like myself has never got a mental problem. You know, I, I went to college, you know, I played football. I won all these awards. I've done some incredible, incredible stuff. You know, how in the work at Herschel Walker have a mental problem? And then he asked, do I do it? What do I like to do? And for years, I always used to journal. I, I write all the time. I used to write poetry for some of my teammates' wife during Valentine's, during their birthdays. I used to write poems and stuff. And 
And I used to journal all the time. Well, I remember going back to look at some of the writings I used to do years, years ago. And it scared me to death because I, all the good things that I was writing, I never wrote about joy. I, wrote, I never wrote about happiness. I wrote about anger and I wasn't happy. And that's when I just said, oh, wow, man, I, I, I said, it's not me. And I volunteered to go to a behavioral health hospital. To be honest with you, I didn't believe that I had a mental health problem because, you know, how do a person like me have it? But I knew something was not right. So I decided to seek help and I went to get help. And, and for the first couple of days there, I was still like, this don't exist. It don't exist. And, and I tell people, as they said sometimes, they say, you know, God may not come when you want him, but he'll come on time. Because the day I was going to leave that place, I was introduced to a young lady that was going through what I was going through. And because of me seeing it in her, it hit me then that that my whole life, that's what I've been doing. I've been using athletic as my coping mechanism because I don't want to deal with the pain of being bullied or being called names or being, you know, uh, like beat up. And I was ashamed. So I use that as a coping mechanism. So that's when I did, wrote a book. And uh, you know, a lot of people read the book. And they said, Hershey, you ought to just talk about it, help people. And I started doing it. And people say, I'm an advocate for mental health. And I said, I don't know whether I'm an advocate for mental health, but I just want people to know we all have problems. Some of them are so much more severe than others that this is not something that a couple of people have. So that's what I want to do is let people know that it is okay to ask for help, that there's people out there that can help you. I did it. And I'm not ashamed to say I had a mental problem. And that's what I want people to know is that's life. You have white, you have black. You have up, you have down. You have good, you have bad. But that's the same as mental health. Some people just have problems. But you do have professionals that can help you. Herschel, what gave you the courage to seek that help? Well, what gave me the courage was when people would tell me they were afraid of me, that I was, I was different. I wasn't the God. I, it's like I get angry. And I didn't know. I didn't know that, you know, I, I didn't know that. I'm like, oh no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm cool. You know, I'm, I'm always, I thought I was great. You know, and people say, no, that's, you, you weren't like that earlier. And I'm like, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And they said, no, and, and I, you know, like certain things I didn't realize. And that's what made me say, no, this can't be right. Something is wrong, something is wrong. And you know, what's wild is I never drank. I never tasted alcohol or had a drug. So it had to be something else. Like, what could it be? And that's what it was, is I just was, I, I didn't like myself as a little kid. And I used all that anger and put it right there to overcome things. And, you know, I, I heard Michael Jordan say something one time that he said, you know, when I'm in my zone, he said, I'm Superman. So I can jump higher, I run faster, you know, I, I don't miss. And I said, guys, that's what I'm talking about. When you're in your zone, it's accepted on that baseball field, that, that basketball court, that football field. But if you bring it from your field to your home, it scares people to death. They don't understand it. The same thing as on at the military. You know, they go off to deployment. Things they have to do there, they can't bring it back to their home. Well, some people can't separate. We need people to help. I know that for a fact. There's people to help, but you can't be ashamed. Some people become ashamed because what other people say about you. And you can't worry about what other people say about you because they don't live in your house. They're not married to you. They're not your kid and stuff that they don't have to see what your family has to see. There's so much that they don't have to deal with. So that's why I said, you can't worry about what someone else says about you. You gotta worry about what you say about yourself, what your family say about you, what they feel, because what happens to you happens to them. 
And I said, that's what, that's what I realized that, it, that this is not a movie that everybody ends up happy at the end. Everybody get roses and everyone is smiling at the end, singing a song. That's not, that's not why. Oh, and you're right. I mean, life is not always a fairy tale ending. How do you compare your experience retiring from football to that of a service member leaving the military, retiring from the military, and having to move into a new career or a new stage in their life? You know, it's funny. Retirement from football was was interesting because for me, you know, one of the things that I was always able to do is even when I was playing football, I sort of had a little bit of a business on the side where I was out dealing with people because, you know, I, I love to work. You know, I didn't go to bars. I hang out at bars. I went home to my family and my family was a part of everything that I did. And so I was always out doing that. And what was so hard is when I got out of football, you know, people know your name, people know this here and you get into business. You know, people then go back to that same mentality in a sense that, oh, you're a football player. Oh, geez, I want to get a pitch. I want to do this here. But yet they don't want to do business with you because they don't think you really know what's going on. They don't realize that, you know, I went to college as well. You know, I worked just as hard as the other man over there. And the same as on in, in the military. You know, you have young men and women that grew up in the United States of America, the greatest country in the world. You know, you don't have bombs going off and bullets flying over your head and, and you're seeing different things that the person over here has that, that see, that do. But when you go to the deployment, where you see different things, you have different smells, and you see things that almost like a movie, like a, like a terrible movie. You have to deal with that. And you're not just there for a day or two days, you're there for a long time. And now you got to transition back and they just bring you back to the States. Oh, you go home, everything is great. Let's just get started again. Well, that's hard. Some people can adjust, some people can't. Well, a person that can't, that doesn't mean that he's crazy. That doesn't mean that he's not right. So that's why it's my honor to go to the base and say, guys, you know, I want you to get help because I know where you've been. I know it's horrible being in this dark place all the time, how terrible it is when you have given so much sacrifice, so much for this country. You know, I, I hear athletes sometimes, man, I went out there, I gave it my all. And I said, yeah, you know, you gave your all for athletics. But, you know, when you talk about a serviceman and woman going over to another country, leaving the wire at one time, don't know if they're going to make it back. They just don't know if they're going to, they don't know whether they're going to see their wife or their, their kids anymore. And they do it day in and day out. They, that's hard. You know, I said, that's hard. And that's why I love doing this with the military. But that's the reason I try to bring some normalcy to this mental health and say, guys, we can't evade it because everybody going through something. I ain't just talking about the military, the athletes, or someone that maybe just go. I'm talking everybody goes through it. And some people, it, it's okay. They hide it well. And some people can't. But that's the reason we tell them there's no shame to ask for help. You know, it's sort of like you just left home with the wrong hat on. So what I want to do is help you put the right hat on so you can continue to go on. Herschel, would you say that your experience with mental health has made you a stronger person? Oh, it has. It made me a much stronger person. And I tell people, I'm better today than I've ever been in my life. And the reason why is I'm here. And it has made me a better person and I'm stronger. That's what's so funny is I don't you know that people that, you know, they try to pick on it or make, make fun of. Herschel Walker went through a mental problem. Herschel Walker did this and he's like, guys, you know what? Herschel Walker is happy and I'm here. And I got a wonderful family. And you know what's so funny is I've helped save a lot of lives. 
And being a Christian, God said, it ain't about you, Herschel. It's about what you can do for others. And I'm happy doing that. And I know there's somebody that out there in this dark, dark place, all alone and they're scared. And I want them to hear from Herschel Walker, it is okay. But don't be afraid to let someone know. Don't be afraid to go up and say, man, I'm going through something. I need some help. Because there's people that can help you. Don't let this television or this social media or someone that's bullying you make you feel that you're not worthy. Because I'm going to tell you that you are. That you are worthy because you're, you're a child of God. I don't know what religion you are, but to me, you're a child of God. And that's what I believe in. So don't let anyone tell you that you're not. And you are doing so much good by, by simply getting out there and sharing your story, sharing your personal struggles with mental health. It's helping to change the conversation and, and normalize the topic of mental health. So let's talk about resilience. What does that mean to you? Resilience to me is getting up. And the reason I'm saying getting up, because I tell everybody, you're going to get knocked down. I don't care who you are. You're going to get knocked down more than once. So resilience is getting up. And I tell people this, and I, say, I remember watching uh, this one movie, and I, you know, I'm a Christian, so you have to forgive me sometimes because I'm always talking about God. But I remember watching The Passion of Christ. And at the very end, he was carrying his cross when they were about to crucify him. He was carrying his cross, and he was barely going, and they were whipping him with that, with that whip that had that metal on it. And he fell to his knees and stuff. And he was there on his knees and they were whipping him stuff, telling him to get up. Resilience to me is he got up. And that's what resilience to me is not it. Is getting up, not quitting. Giving it your all because you're going to get knocked down. But you got to be able to get up. It ain't that the man that stopped is going forward all the time. And that's what you got to do. So how do you do that? How do you build resilience and how can you help others build resilience in themselves? Well, what I want to, what I try to do is first of all, with them and make them feel good about who they are to love themselves, to quit worrying about what someone else has had. You know, that's one of the worst things is you measure yourself with somebody else. You measure yourself with what they're doing and who they're, how they look and this and that, you know, everybody, I say this, everybody won't, they say, I want to be Tiger Woods. I want to be Stephen Curry. I want to be this. And I said, guys, everybody want to get to the destination, but nobody want to do the journey. But the journey is what makes the destination comfortable. Because if you haven't done the journey, when you get to the destination, you're not going to be happy because you can't handle that. So that's what I say that I tell people, guys, you got to do the journey first. That means the work. You got to put the work in. And if you're suffering from something, you got to go to a doctor. It's going to be tough. I'm going to be honest. It's going to be tough. You got to sometimes think, what in the world am I doing here? And you got to feel bad, but you got to do it because that's the journey you have to take. But I can guarantee you when you get to that destination, you're going to be able to handle that destination. And that's what I've learned. I become better today than I was when I was going through this because I didn't know what was going on. But today I am stronger now than I've ever been in my life. You mentioned having the strength to go on that journey, to find yourself, to find happiness. How do you stay positive when faced with adversity? I think through faith, whatever faith you have, you got to believe in something because you got to have a, a foundation that when you fall, you got to land somewhere. You can't keep falling. You got to have a foundation you can land and then you start putting it together. And that's how I say it is through my faith, through my faith that I know things are going to get better. I know the sun will shine 
I know the sun will always shine. I know that at night, the night is only to give me rest for the, for the next day. That I look at things in an upward manner, not in a downward manner. And I tell people to always look up. When you look up, you go up. And that, you know, everything is not going to go your way. Be willing to accept, you know what? I may not, I may not do good here, but don't always go into it like that. You go into it as they're doing your best. But no, if it's not, if it's if you don't win, don't give up, don't stop. And that's why I tell kids all the time, if you have a, a dream, if you have something that you see, don't let anyone tell you you can't do it. That don't matter if they don't see it because they, they, they don't have to see it. You have to see it. But if you see it, you got to be able to sacrifice to get it. And what I mean by that, that means you got to work. You can't cheat. If you want something, you got to sacrifice. That's the, way I, that's the way I've learned. That's why I think I'm happy. My faith and knowing that, you know, that's the way it is. Things are not going to always go my way. Herschel, as you've shared with us today, you have overcome a lot of adversity in life and you are a very successful individual. What do you think it takes for someone to turn adversity or turn a challenge into an opportunity? You know, I think those successful people have determination and they have that grit, uh, not giving up, a sacrifice. And I think you got to have that. You know, I, I tell people all the time, you may beat me with talent, but I don't think anyone can outwork me. You know, sometimes it doesn't matter about your talent. It matters about how much work you're going to put in. You know, I may not be the smartest, but I tell you what I can outwork anybody. And people always ask me, my heroes. And I said, wow, man, that's a tough one because they assume I'm going to think of a football player or some athlete. And I said, guys, my hero is my, uh, my Lord Jesus and then my mom and dad. And they don't get us because I didn't grow up watching sports, but I did watch my mom and dad go to work every day and come home and not complain once. Not say anything. They had seven kids, not say anything, but they always had time for the kids. And so they're my hero that I know that, you know, whenever I go anywhere, if I call my mom and dad, uh, they'll be there. When I went through my trouble, and I tell people this, you know, I played pro football 15 years, been on an Olympic team. I've done so many great things in the athletic world, had so many friends all over the world. Well, do you know when I went through my mental problem, when I went through my challenges, a lot of my friends left. They left me. Well, I didn't care about it because I remember my mom and dad working all their life, never, never quit. It didn't matter what people said. And I went and did what I had to do. And you, you talk about resilience. That's what it is. I'm, I'm, hey, I don't quit. And I said, people always say, you're like a bulldog. I said, nah, I don't know whether you said bulldog. I just don't quit. Because I think a bulldog will give up sooner or later. And I won't. You mentioned your mom and dad. Why is it so important to have family, to have friends, to have a support system that you can lean on? It's important if you've got that support system because, first of all, sometimes that support system is going to be honest with you. You want a support system that's going to be honest with you. My ex-wife is better honest with me that even today, my wife today, my ex-wife and her husband, we're still friends because she was honest with me and they're honest with me. And that's where that support system comes. And also support system because sometimes if you can't hold yourself up, they will hold you up. Because as I said, it's going to get tough that you got to get up. But sometimes it gets too hard. And it's okay to have that hand that's going to reach down and pick you up and bring you back up. And you go on. So you need that. And and, and, and like I said, some people need it. Some people can do it on their own. But it is okay if you need it. That's what I want people to realize. What advice do you have for someone who has a 
family member or a friend who is struggling with mental health? How should they reach out to them? And what is the best way to offer help? You reach out with love. You reach out with love to let them know you love them. Because that's one of the worst things is people don't think that they're loved. They don't think that, that people care. And you reach out with love and you just don't give up because it is hard. It is hard to go to a behavioral health hospital. But my thing is, is that the journey that you go through there, the destination is going to be lovely when you get out. That's why I say it's going to be absolutely incredible when you get out. You're going to be able to see the light there. You're not going to live in that darkness and live in that just confusion all the time. So we've talked about the high-stress military environment, but that really extends to those who support the military. So how do we cope with the pressure, cope with the stress, and just continue to keep going? Well, you know what's strange, and I've said this, with the military, it is strange because people just talk about the serviceman and woman. And I guys, you forget about that family. You forget about their kids. Do you know the stress a uh, wife or a husband or the kids have that know that their, their mom or dad or their husband or wife is going off to a deployment, not knowing if they're coming back and what that put the family through, the stress that they go through? And I don't think people realize that. And that's the reason I said we have to lift them up as well. You know, it ain't just, it ain't just the individual, it's the whole family. I was fortunate to have a coach, Tom Landry. And he said something, and I, I still respect him as the greatest coach I ever played for because if a guy family was not together, he'll ask you not to come to practice to go get your family together. And I used to say, oh, wow, why are you that? He said, because if your family not together, you're no good to me. And that is the honest truth because you're worried about your wife or your husband. You're worried about your kids. You can't focus because you love them so much because they are you now. They're part of They're like your arm. So... If they're not together, you're not together. So you got to make sure that part of them are strong as well. So the past year has been pretty tough. We've all had to face a lot of unusual challenges. Why is it so important that we prioritize mental health? And what can we all do to positively impact our mental well-being? Well, you know, uh, you know, as you said, this year has been very tough because everybody has been separated. Everybody has been alone. It is hard to be alone. And people need people. You need that kind of affection. You need that kind of togetherness. And I think the way you, what you can do is what you're doing right now, to bring it to the forefront, to address it, to talk about it. Because normally when you talk about mental health, people don't want to talk about that. They, they, they become ashamed. They think, oh, geez, that's something evil. They don't realize that, you know, as a normal person, you can have a mental problem and function through life okay. And you never even know it. But you got to address the problem. And that's a, I think that's what people have. A lot of people don't want to address it. They don't want to talk about it because they think it's something bad. And that's why I say I'm not ashamed to talk about it. You know, I don't know what people want me to do. You know, I, I think I've been very fortunate when I have someone come up to me. And this is almost every day if I'm traveling, I will have an individual may come up to me and start telling me about their life, something that they're going through. And they would say, I'm going to go get help. And it makes me almost want to cry because I say, you know, when I started playing football, I didn't know, I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know what happened. I just played a game. You know, my mom and dad, I always say I love them to death. But do they know that their son now today have people coming up and say, man, you saved my life. I'm going to go get help. I'm going to go talk to people. And I said, do they know how that feels? Like, man, what do you mean I saved my life? 
That's it. And I, I try to encourage you, yeah, you do that. And don't you give up. Don't you stop. No matter what, don't you stop. Because it ain't going to be easy. But I said, I don't think people realize that. It ain't about you anymore. It's about what you can do for someone else. God has blessed me so much. You know, even though I had some tough times, but those tough times made me what I am today. And I said, so it ain't about me. It's about what I can do for someone else. Herschel, you mentioned being embarrassed to ask for help when it came to mental health. How do we remove that stigma? How do we change the conversation surrounding mental health? And why is that so important? Well, first of all, we got to make it more of a normal thing, not something that's evil. But then do what you're doing right now, addressing it, talking about it, so people know about it. And more people get out and they start to address it. Nobody want to address that because it's something they don't understand. If you don't understand it, it's the reason you need to address it because it's out there. And I'm not, and I'm saying with a lot of people, that's what's so funny. It ain't just like one or two people. It is a lot of people that have problems that can be taken care of, but because they've made it so bad and so evil that nobody even want to address it and no one even want to say that they have, they're dealing with You've had a lot of accomplishments in your life on and off the football field. What would you say is your greatest achievement? My greatest achievement is going to a behavioral health hospital. And people ask me, why? Why do you say that? I said, because I'm here today. That if I'm not going to the hospital, I'm not sure where I would have been. And because of that, where would my kids be? Because something affected me, it probably affected them. Where would any of my friends and my family be? Because something happened to me, it would have happened to them. And then where would a generation after that be? So my greatest thing, I say, is going to that behavioral health hospital and not winning Heisman Trophy, all those things. But I think that's one of my greatest achievements. Herschel, as we wrap up today, I want to ask you one more really important question. What would you say to someone listening to this podcast right now who is struggling with mental health? You know, what my advice would be them is to realize that, you know, that I'm saying there's no shame to ask for help. I did it. Because whatever happens to you, just as I said earlier, affects your friends, it affects your family, it affects so many other people that you think that you're not loved, but you are. That there's so many people that love you, so many people that are cheering for you. And now don't let them down. But first of all, don't let yourself down. God loves you and you can get help. There's no shame to ask for it. So that's what I say to someone today. Herschel, I really appreciate you joining us today for sharing your personal story and talking about the importance of good mental health. We've all got to get out there and change the conversation, challenge the stigma, and positively impact the well-being of ourselves and others. And that's it for this edition of Airwaves. Thanks for listening.